0: Welcome to the MLS Leadership Show. I'm Myrna Selsler, and I'm the host of the show and founder of the Million Dollar Broker Program, building momentum and leverage in a real estate brokerage. Over the past decades, I've been a broker owner of two successful real estate offices in two very different marketplaces. We work with real estate brokers to overcome the barriers that prevent them from achieving a million dollar net to them business. We help brokers reduce turnover, improve productivity, and have predictable sales growth. We're always on the lookout for talented brokers willing to share their secret sauce in running a successful brokerage. Stick around to the end of the show and you'll find out how you can be our next guest and share your unique message about how you lead your brokerage. Hi there, it's Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show, founder of the Million Dollar Broker, and today I'm with Tim Scoglin of Scoglin Real Estate from San Diego. So Tim, I want to start where we always like to start: is how the heck did you get into real estate? Because there is no straight line to that moon.
1: There, there certainly isn't. Um, I tried not to. I my dad was a commercial broker back in Baltimore, uh, Washington D.C. area, mm-hmm. and my brother and I watched him through the Jimmy Carter years and twenty percent interest rates, and
0: uh, it just mm-hmm.
1: a difficult times to get money and financing and economic times. Um, you know, limp his way through and 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 get through it. But we always thought, man, that's the worst way to make a living. Either selling, uh, you know, whether it be buildings, houses, or land, um, commercially or residentially, and swore we'd never do it.
0: But so you probably uh, went around with him on calls and checked out buildings and did all those sorts of things. And did it intrigue you at all at that point in time?
1: No, it seemed like the worst thing possible. It, it didn't <laughs> seem like work. I'm like, we're in the car driving around in the middle of the day. Like how you there's no accountability. Like how's this? How are you getting paid for this? And so how did you end up doing it then? Like I, so I
0: moved,
1: a- yeah, when I moved to San Diego, i uh, I got a job. Um, I, everything kind of fell into place. i I came into town. I bumped into a guy that I had played football with in high school. Yeah. Randomly. I had no idea he was here. So I stayed with him and his wife for a few days. and um while I was waiting for him to get out of work at the Hyatt because he was taking pl- uh, flying lessons at a local small airfield called Montgomery Field in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I I met a military guy and just having grabbing dinner in the gas lamp in San Diego. And as I made my way around the gas lamp with him, we ran into someone that saw I had a lacrosse jacket on. And they said, mm-hmm. Hey, are you from back east? I said, Yeah, I played in college. And she said, Well, they're looking for help over at this nightclub. And you should go over there. You're they're from Maryland. They serve Maryland blue crabs at the restaurant and they'll love you. So I got a job and there was a lady that promoted jazz bands at the restaurant. And she said, You know, you're finished school and you're, you know, not here getting all hopped up. You come in into your job and take off. What's your deal? And I said, hey, I'm just looking for the next chapter in life. And her daughter happened to be dating a guy that was working with a prominent architect developer in downtown San Diego named Jonathan Siegel. And she said, why don't you go have lunch with my daughter's boyfriend and I kept putting it off and she stayed on me. And, uh, eventually it, there's a website called it's just lunch where it sets up, uh, <laughs> I think up, it's about uh,
0: something else, though.
1: <laughs> yes, it was, it, but, it, but it always reminds me because kept, she kept saying, it's just lunch, like you're not, there's no commitment. And so we grabbed lunch, and then I showed up the next day and answered a few phone calls, and then one thing led to another, and I ended up, here I am, 26 years later, owning a brokerage and, and doing it. So.
0: Okay, so you started selling residential or commercial real estate?
1: It was residential. So okay. we started doing Jonathan's, uh, he was a residential developer, downtown San Diego was going through a real renaissance. Mm -hmm. And um, when uh, that was happening, we started doing the sales and financing for all of his projects for the buyers. And um, he had a lot of marketing that was out there. We'd get people that latched onto us and liked what we were doing sales-wise. We had a prominent figure in him that was winning orchid awards for his design and architecture. And um, he had instant credibility as a young, I was only 24 years old. I was the youngest person doing resale in the whole county in San Diego. And we were, you know, I was able to do financing too, which was nice to be a mortgage broker and have that control and mm-hmm. understand that part of the deal, uh, the, the transactions too, so.
0: Okay. And so where did you transition to after after that?
1: Well, when, when I wasn't working for him, I didn't, there was nothing in our contract that said we couldn't take people we met or his product didn't work for them and sell them something else. So I started just really hustling to get people you know, things along the coast, uh, you know, other um, resale properties that were in the area. Yeah. And basically just established parameter lists and rapport with those buyers and then spent my free time when I could jump out and show them some houses. And I started to develop uh, my my resale uh, following and clientele that way. So.
0: Well, if uh, you've gone all the way now to building a brokerage, you must have learned something about accountability along the way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Unlike what you thought of what your dad did.
1: Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's just like going to school and, you know, in college, it's a lot different than high school where you're just regimented the whole day. There's yeah. certainly a lot to be done, a lot to prepare for and read and do. And, and a lot of things in between just the classwork or just the appointment. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's finding a way to be disciplined and self-guided and understand that, uh, you know, to keep that pipeline full, there's things that have to be done discipline wise. Day in so, and day
0: out. So, what prompted you to start your own brokerage? What was the moment in time that shifted that for you?
1: Um, I had a uh, a broker. I, I worked with a dad and his two sons, who I really admired, and uh, he had he had run a two hundred plus um, uh, agent office through mm-hmm. uh, Century Twenty One in Downey, which is up north near Los Angeles. Yeah, and he had done everything. He was an Encinitas Rotary, La president. He you know, he knew everyone, he had done land deals and commercial deals. And, um, he, um, fell ill one morning to, he had a, a heart attack and his, uh, one of the boys called me and said, Hey, my dad wants to see you in the hospital. And, uh, I went in to visit him, uh, first unwilling, I don't do well with hospitals and certainly didn't want to see him in that condition. Yeah. It was probably one of the best things that ever happened. Um, I visited him and he gave me a lot of good insight that I might get into later in our conversation here uh, about balance and what is success and uh, changed my mindset in terms of just being monetarily focused on a, a number and beating every year, year in and year out to looking at overall life and how it you leave your impact and what you do uh, from that perspective.
0: Well, uh, I'd love you to share th- some more of that story like that, like that getting goosebumps, just listening to it because that that's locked in your mind forever.
1: Yeah, I will. Uh, but to answer your your previous question, when he fell ill, um, it was just the right time. And my wife really encouraged me. Uh, Christine had worked at William Lyon Homes, which is a new home developer. So mm-hmm. She had a new home sales for 10 years. And we were pregnant with my son, with our first, our first, who's uh, our boy, Blake. Yeah. And in 06, the market was peaking out. And we said, man, the market's peaking. It's about to correct somehow. We're having our first uh, child. It would be no better time for us to go on our own, her to come out of the new home sales business, learn the resale business and support, enjoy being parents, which is what we really worked hard for in the first five years of our marriage. Yeah. And that kind of was a segue to go take the broker license, establish the company. And I didn't put a lot of thought into Scotland real estate. It was pretty easy. It was just my last name and what we did. So yeah, it, uh, it branded well and off we went.
0: Well, that's, that's very cool. So, um. How many sales agents do you have with you right now then?
1: Um, Right now we have, uh, we have three. I have two referral agents that don't touch paperwork, but that are people that have licenses, but enjoy what they do on a daily basis. And it gives me calmness too, because I can handle, you know, limit liability. People are getting somebody who's doing this full-time every day for 26 years, uh, doing it ourselves for ourselves and for investments and, and handling our own primary residence, uh, you know, transactions. Mm-hmm. And I give them a referral fee and it, it works out great.
0: And they they, um, they and they are sort of like out there looking, making relationships with really good people that, that they, they trust to refer to you.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's, they're, you know, people from church and neighbors and relatives and for themselves and so forth. So yeah, they're just in a little, you know, my little army of out, people out there helping to locate folks that would be good to work with.
0: Okay, so tell me about your little army then. How do you how do you choose your little army or do they just sort of show up for you?
1: Uh they they showed up at first. I had 12 agents when I came out of the other company. I have people mm-hmm. that followed me and I had a group that wanted to learn more about how Christine and I did things. Yeah. And I didn't really it felt flattering, I think, at first when you have people that say, Man, I recognize what you're accomplishing and I want to learn from you. Yeah. It was really the wrong in some ways, a lot of the wrong personalities and things because there was not a lot of independence. And for me, I have a, I, I don't manage people well. I try to presume that other people are thinking the way that we are. And um, when you're an elite leader and you're at the top of your trade, you don't, I think, perceive that you're an anomaly in a group of people. So no, you, you think, think everybody
0: I'm, sees the world the same way you do, right?
1: I feel like the easy stuff just should come easy, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when people had writer's block and marketing block and, you know, always chose to go on a trip over the weekend and not be at home doing the open house and doing the door knocking and developing and cultivating their business. But then they always said, oh, you're so lucky. You keep having people show up in your pipeline that want to work with you. I said, it's not luck. And I put, you know, 7, 10, 12 hours a day into what I'm doing,
0: mm-hmm. and I got
1: focused, um, you know, a focused, disciplined approach. It's not luck. It's just, it's what should happen. It's the result of doing the work. So, um, so we had those 12 people went on their way. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got two agents that are coming over right now that are going to work with us. And um, we're in a little bit of a transition, which again, I'll share with you about Mm -hmm. what Christine's doing when we talk about community and, and, uh, and developing not just the real estate company, but what we're doing in community.
0: Okay, so um, do you do anything specific in terms of recruiting, or do you just wait for them to be attracted to you by by who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, I don't really have a goal to recruit. I enjoy transactionally acting uh, as a uh, transactional broker. Okay. I enjoy the trade, I enjoy the negotiating. I like going to home inspections. Um, i I enjoy what we do for a living, and I don't really see myself being the king or queen bee and letting everybody go get, make the honey and running the hive. So, okay. um, yeah. So from that standpoint, I just, uh, I don't know that I'm ever going to just at this point in my career, relinquish that to other people and just sit back and rely on them to be the breadwinners. And, and the new
0: the new people that come in, will you be training them?
1: Yeah. So some of them come in with some experience. So some of it's, um, taking what they're doing well and promoting that. Yeah. But a lot of it is, um, as you know, and you see through doing this and, and your experience, it's um, it's creating aha moments where they know what to do. They just don't do it. And so it's just bringing recognition to what what you should be doing from a simple fundamental standpoint and then building off of fundamentals from there. Um, it's not me. You, you through this, you meet tons of people that do our do real estate sales. It's not rocket science. I'm not the smartest tool you know the sharpest tool in the shed yeah but i but i'm very disciplined i'm very regimented i have passion and i love what i'm doing and i'm able to use my god-given gifts Which some of it is just who you are as a person yeah i don't don't believe all of it can be trained it's a specific type of personality that will succeed in this industry and be very uh you know uh, be, be successful over a long period of time So So
0: tell me a little bit about um, your culture and where you fit into the community.
1: Sure. Um, I think uh, that's really what is most, you know, most important to us to get Mm -hmm. back to my conversation with Jim when he was in the hospital, he, he was very upset when I arrived to visit with him. And when he calmed down, he asked me, you know, he said, do you know why I'm so upset? And I said, I mean, obviously you were, you had a heart attack last night. He said, I can't feel the whole left side of my body. I can't take care of myself. I can't walk into the restroom. I can't feed myself right now. But my brain is working just as it always has. So all of a sudden, I'm trapped in a body that's not working right this moment. And he said, as I reflected before you got here, and I had to twist your arm to come down here, he goes, I thought about how hard I've worked for all my clients over so many years. And the times, he goes, I was on vacation with my kids, and they're in a hot car, and I'm at a payphone trying to work out a deal. I'm driving to LA to get loan documents and missing baseball games and showing up late for dinner. But he goes, where are these people today? Like, this is when I need someone to show up for me and take time away and help me out because I don't feel good right now. And they're, these are just clients. And yes, I'm good to my work, but I went way overboard and I neglected my wife, my kids, my family, and the people that are closest to me. You and he said, I just, every time, every day, I felt like I had to make every green light And I had needed more time in the day and I was always anxious and he goes, that's what hurt my health. I was able to do it young, but when I did it for so long, it, it was eventually what caused this health issue. And so he said, I just want you to know that you have, you have the gift. You're good at what you do, good market or bad market. There are always going to be people that want to work with you. You're ethically sound. You do your, your continuing education, you understand the contract. You're a business person. There is always a need for someone like you, no matter what widget, bot, uh, gimmick, discount, whatever comes up, it will. you will always have a career in this and there will be people willing to pay you what you think you want to deserve to be paid to do your job. But he goes, I want you to show up early to your daughter's dance recital in the chair, phone off, ready to go. I want you at the first inning, not later in a game, When your kid is playing sports, I want you to spend time with your wife and do things and enjoy life and understand that balance in life is what success is. It's not about how much money you make because he goes, I got more money I know what to do with, but it can't solve what I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. I I can't buy back my, my kids, youth and, and my relationship with my wife. So it really changed my perspective. And I love when people, I I talk on a lot of little panels, especially in front (laughs) of companies, because they like to bring the independent guys in or girls and say, here's big corporation. And then here's little independent. And here's a sample of what they do. And I always sit at the end. And they start out and then you know, they ask you, what's your gross income and how many houses And So these people you know, 60 houses. And I, I made you know, 900 something thousand. And here's what I do. And they all go through showing off. And I drive this car. And when they get to me, I just say, I'm happy. Because I wake up every day excited for the day. I get to work with youth in the, in the community, which I'll talk about in a second. I have a great clientele. I work with the people that I want to work with. I have enough. I don't sit here every day wanting more. And I'm very satisfied and very happy every day. And I enjoy my life. And I don't miss things with my family. I don't miss time with my wife. I, I spend time with friends. And I get to do things that allow me to be a balanced worker, balanced broker, so that I can serve other people because I feel fulfilled and good myself. So, um,
0: what so a-, a lovely story! Because it's so counterintuitive sometimes to the um, perception that people have of real estate agents.
1: I, it is, I know. But what uh, happens
0: when you say that? What? What? How does the group respond when you you talk like that?
1: It's a good question. So at the end, you would think that they all would gravitate to the people to my right and ask, "Give me your business card. Let's stay in touch." I have a little line of people. That are all like, hey, could I connect with you personally? Could we go grab lunch? I'd like to learn more about feeling lighter and feeling more in tune with the community and feeling just better every day where I'm not stressed out and losing my mind over trying to get one more deal done or something. And um, it took, you know, it certainly took time. I had to go through the growing pains of learning the industry and, you know, getting it going. But, you know, it's it, with the big home and the big pool and the big yard comes a big deferred maintenance bill every month and a big responsibility. Yeah. So maybe buying four or five investment houses and having some passive income and knowing that you've got your education paid for for your kids and your wedding for your daughter and knowing that you have some security, maybe you could live in a bigger home. But I mean, really, my closet is my closet where I lay my head, whether it's a 80 by 40 room or a 10 by 10 room. I'm sleeping, it doesn't make much difference. The car you arrive in, when you step away from it, it, comes down to your heart and what's in your head and who you are as a person. It doesn't have anything to do with who you are as a, as an individual, although many people try to think that way. So, uh, so it's nice. I try to just interject some type of different mindset that not everybody has to go out and sell 80, 90, 100 something houses every year. You can take care of your 30, 40, 50 people very well, maybe pay a little less in taxes, travel, enjoy the world, do something for others, and also get out there and do things you like to do. Work out, hike, play golf, um, you know, whatever, go fishing, spend time with people. Yeah. We only get one chance to go around, might as well enjoy it.
0: This is a really interesting conversation. It's um I can see how you would be inspiring in such a an unassuming way. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then what we're doing in community is uh a few years ago, well, actually like seven or eight years ago, I was out showing property
0: mm-hmm. and
1: my son says, hey, I'd like to try to play flag football. So we sign up for this uh, NFL flag uh, group in our area. And I get an email that says, hey, if a parent from this team for the Dolphins doesn't show up and pick up the flag belts and footballs, we're going to have to cancel the season because we, we need someone to show up and pick this stuff up. So I run over during a showing uh, in between and I'm all dressed up. And I walk out there and it's a bunch of dads in sweats and they say, are you an owner of a team or are you a coach? And I said, neither. I'm just working. I'm just here to pick up the flags and football. Just somebody else is going to be the coach. Just give me the stuff. And so I grab it and I leave. And a few days later, they say, we still don't have a coach for this team. So although you have the flags and footballs again, we're going to fold this, this little team for these nine kids. And I said, man, I can't let that happen. So I stepped up and, um, Started, you know, worked through my way through coaching, and I had some friends in the community that had me over and said, you know, you played football and lacrosse, you've got some background in high school and and uh, college-wise, you'll be fine, and set me on my way. So they needed a coach for the basketball team at the Boys and Girls Club. So I said, oh, what the heck, I'll help as an assistant. Turned into a head coach there, and then uh, about four years ago, he said, Dad, do you know, I want to play lacrosse like you? And I said, don't do it because I played it. Just if you want to try the sport, I'm happy to let you try it. Yeah. And I said, he said, well, I really like football better. I said, well, in the spring this year, you can play football or lacrosse. And he goes, I'll, I'm will i going to play football. So I signed him up. And of course, four days later, he says, they need three more kids on the lacrosse team for my age group. If I sign up, I know four other kids that will join me and you could help coach.
0: Because <laughs> so you got we, nothing else going on
1: we did a spring season like we're doing right now out of COVID where we practice football on Monday, practice lacrosse Tuesday, lacrosse Thursday. We play football games Friday and we play lacrosse games on Saturday. And that's what we're doing right now to finish off. He's in eighth grade. He's going to be in high school next year. And out of COVID, I said, let's do it one more time and just kill ourselves in the spring. So we get a chance to be on the field together with both sports. And, um, so I started doing that. I eventually took over two years ago as the director for our lacrosse program in the community. So I've got 88 families, 88 kids that are playing lacrosse this year. I've got two NFL flag football teams, so I've got 16 kids there, and uh, it's really been such a, a blessing and a uh, just a, a wonderful experience to mentor kids and and work with them and see how they relate and again it's it's such a decompression when you get out there and you see the world through their eyes and you kind of remember back to when you were 7 or 10 or 12 years old and your perception of things and i remember how influential my coaches were in helping me think the way i'm sharing with you today yeah uh, i think about what a special gift it is to be that person in their life and the things that they bring to me you know things that are going on in their household or you know, asking them questions like, "Hey, you know, have you talked to your dad about this?" No, I'm like, "Well, do you respect me?" Yeah, I said on the way home today from practice, I want you to ask your dad these three questions and talk to him. I'm going to ask you next practice and see if I can get them engaging differently with, with their parents and just doing things to make them good neighbors and good partners and, you know, uh, just good people. Try to good, better, good young men. Yeah, put a little impression on them about how to treat people properly and setting certain rules in place in terms of just treating others the way you'd like to be treated. Um, so that's what I'm doing on the young end. And then Christine and I just purchased a home that is, uh was used as a senior care facility mm-hmm. for six people on the lower level. And there's a, a little suite upstairs for a, a couple that are in need of senior care. And she is transitioning and working through the state of California right now to get all of her licensing committed completed to handle a small senior care facility. And, um, she does organic gardening. She does, um, she, we have chickens, so she does fresh eggs and she's going to work with the staff to, uh, kind of do some farm to table and see if she can help to mitigate some of the dementia, Alzheimer's, some of those things. And through, uh, good natural organic cooking
0: mm-hmm.
1: combined with healthcare that's all positive and, and nurturing prolong their life and at least make the elderly folks staying with her uh, their last weeks and months and years on earth with us pleasant and comfortable so we're kind of covering both gamuts of the age spectrum with our uh, youth sports and our elderly care facility
0: and I hope that people aren't just listening to this I hope they watch this because you need to watch this and see your face Tim Cause That's one of the things that I find as as a consultant to be so revealing. It it speaks to what you love. Like you just light up with, especially talking about the kids. Like you can yeah. turn real estate away today and just do the kid thing. But
1: oh, it's the best. It's and, and as I'm losing my son to high school, you know, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Like when we first got out of COVID, I, I we didn't think we were going to be able to do this this year. Yeah. So I told the and it and I used to be on one knee looking these kids in the eye. And now I stand here with a bunch of seventh, eighth graders and I just look around these kids towering over me. I said, when did we think I was going to be the little guy in in the huddle? Yeah. uh, But to hear what they share with me as we, we work through our last couple of weeks of each of these seasons and what I, um, the friendships that we've developed and am I going to come to their high school games and can they still call me about this or that? It's, uh, it's just, I've, I've made these young men are, are my son's peers. But to be so interjected into uh, to that whole group's lives for the last, you know, three, four, six, seven years, whatever they've been with us, has been uh, an amazing experience and blessing.
0: And so that that first showing that got interrupted when you raced over to grab the flags and the chains and whatever, just changed your It's yeah, so interesting to me that. Um, the two experiences, like again, you were reluctant to go and talk to the to your boss in the hospital. A little yeah. reluctance, like, I gotta get it through the showing and go get this stuff. But that where you forced yourself to do something that was hard and what you didn't want to do, have led to some of your greatest joys.
1: Yeah. And that's what we say, like growth comes from being uncomfortable. So it's uh it, it really is that's a, a you know true saying, it's not, yes. not, not just words.
0: So just to flip back to real estate, given those experiences. Yeah. If you were to give advice to a new real estate agent, what would it be?
1: Um, I mean, I think just with my coaching background and all that would be get a mentor. I mean, find somebody that's doing it right. There, We have uh, so many people that are licensed. The license has nothing to do with what we do for a living. Yeah. Uh, you don't really learn the industry by getting your license. That's true. Um, And if you can get with someone who's ethically sound, who's caring for the client you know we're, we're supposed to be a true fiduciary for our clients yeah and i ask people questions when we're working through the market's very hot right now so it's very easy to find someone to buy a home yeah but um you know you this market you know who we hire is like we always say who you hire is one of the most important decisions um that's what matters mm-hmm. you 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 see people uh, falling short of their fiduciary duties all the time in terms of, uh, me, I would, I asked them, would you you keep answering the phone or keep showing the property if you knew it was your own and you could make another 20 or $30,000, 50,000? Oh yeah. Well then why have you cut off communication and you're not doing anything more just because it's extra effort and work when it's for a client, it's not for yourself. That's what a fiduciary is. It's doing what you would do personally for yourself with your knowledge, experience, and licensing for someone else. And uh, they can't answer that question. Like, oh, I don't know, I just, I don't have the capacity. I don't have people helping me, <laughs> hired to help and and running things to and managing them to help me handle the volume or the, the activity. Um, so getting with a, a mentor, learning the industry, um, just sticking with fundamentals. You know, Who do you know? A handwritten note, a phone call, Um, you know, a Popeye stopping over now that we're starting to come out of COVID and a lot of people are vaccinated, get back to getting in front of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a farm where Christina, I have sold 353 houses to date. I've spent countless hours in the last 22 years, just sitting at the open houses and being available in the community with signs out in the ground. Yeah, And if somebody does 12 to three, I do 11 to four. When they do one to four, I do 12 to five. I'm always... You know, don't be afraid to outwork or out hustle somebody. And it's recognized the community sees the person that's doing that. They see the people at 345 or supposed to be to the four yanking their signs out and speeding off to do whatever. And then they still see your sign by itself. They think, wow, he's still here. He must be busy. Oh, he must be doing the more. Yeah. You know, the simple things. It's just thinking simply.
0: And you just said something else that might even be your slogan do the more.
1: Yeah, I know. I think I've used it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's because it's, it's sort of unusual combination of words. Yeah. But the message is really clear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what our, I think our clients have come to expect. So we expect when we go buy a car or or we do something. that's a high end purchase or, mm-hmm. you know, getting a loan to do something at a bank. We expect professional courtesy and people to go the extra mile to help us without, without it feeling like that, just being natural service.
0: Well, Tim, I really enjoyed chatting with you. This is it, you know, it went in directions I had not expected.
1: Yes. Thank you. I, so
0: I really appreciate it. So I hope that uh, you have continued success with your boys and your wife has success with her seniors. Cause those yes. are both really, really significant life-changing. Um,
1: yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And if, uh, if, if need be, I'd be happy to be a guest with you again. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Okay. I might have another point. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. So again, okay. it's Werner Selsler. I've been here with Tim Scoglin from Scoglin Real Estate in San Diego, and I'm with the MLS Leadership Show, founder of the Million Dollar Broker. So thanks so much, Tim. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the MLS Leadership Show. If you're a real estate broker, owner, or manager, and would like to be a guest on the show, please visit mlsleadership.com guest. If you got some value out of this interview, subscribe below and share this on your social media. Hashtag MLS show. Download us in your podcast player right now. Please give us a thumbs up rating and review the show. Share the value you receive from listening in. Connect with me via social media. Check out our website at mlsleadership.com and see if there's some ideas you can use in your own brokerage. It's Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show and founder of The Million Dollar Broker. Thanks for listening.